Hello, friends. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Kenton. This is Rewild University's Unleash Your Life podcast. Hey there. What are you wearing? You like it? I'm undecided. I'm making my own homemade He-Man outfit. You remember He-Man? Yeah, are you getting ready for Halloween or something? No. No, this is just for me. I'm going to wear it around. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember He-Man, actually. Gives me such a, a sense of manliness. I am the most powerful man in the universe. 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 Remember that? I do remember oh, that. Man. Is this are you doing this for self affirmation or something? Or self evolution, self growth. <laughs> I cannot take you seriously. <laughs> Why can't you take me seriously? Oh my gosh. Let's just talk about He Man for a second. Are my muscles not big enough? Oh my gosh, it doesn't have anything to do with that. It has to do with your outfit. <laughs> I cannot look at you if you wear that around all the time. My fashion sense. All right, all right. So who is this He-Man guy anyway? I mean, I vaguely remember. Oh, the, it was like a... It was a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Saturday morning, cartoons. I watched He-Man all the time. And, and she Skeletor. And yes, yeah, yeah. So he was just, he had this magic sword and when he pointed at the sky and said, I, I have, have the, the power. power of... Or is yeah. it like, by the power of Grayskull? By the power of Grayskull. By the power of Grayskull. And then I had... Lightning flew yeah. out of it, and then he turned into the most powerful man okay. in the universe. So you want to know what's crazy? What? I remember all of that, but literally, I remember nothing of any episode. You know, it, it actually was a super bizarre cartoon. I rewatched one on YouTube the all other day. All cartoons are bizarre. They're weird. It, it's really strange. What did I see in this? I'm not quite sure. But you know, a cool thing about He-Man... Well, you better tell me. ...is that he never punched anybody. He never kicked anybody. Did he spit on them? Didn't spit on anybody. He never used his sword on anybody. Did he call them poo-poo heads? No. I mean, he used his sword on robots. Okay. So you're telling me that he was really not a very violent character. No. He... He, I'm not sure why he had all that strength. I guess for punching through walls and stuff. There are often a lot of walls in his way he'd punch through. Was it just for intimidation? Maybe. He usually talked his way through. And then there'd be a little lesson at the end. I'm not advocating this, <laughs> but I'm saying <laughs> for something that <laughs> was Becca, very... I think as a family we should sit down and watch <laughs> He-Man. <laughs> sure, honey, sure. No, really, it's valuable. <laughs> There's something that was very questionable. There were some surprisingly, um, some surprising attempts at some positive morality. So was he actually the most powerful man in the universe? And if he wasn't using his power the way that we usually think of it being used, then I guess my basic question is, what are we talking about when we're talking about power here? Wait. And guys and... You're a genius. Well, I'm glad you recognized that finally. (laughs) <laughs> maybe he-man had what we call rooted strength okay because you know he he didn't really ever use his muscles he sat there and talked to people and and ran around 
So what made him so powerful? Maybe we should talk about rooted strength versus surface strength. Okay. So is this actually an episode where we're talking about manliness and the art of manliness? Yeah. This is about manliness. Because somebody requested that we talk about this. And actually, I want to say, if we look at it, this idea, our cultural concepts of what it means to be a man or a woman, what a child or an elder is in our culture, those are almost so ingrained that we don't even think of them as something you would ask questions about. Yeah. We don't ask questions about what air do should we breathe air or should we enhance our air or I mean you just breathe air, duh, everybody breathes air. It's like duh, you know what a man is, you know what a woman is. And it's like that is so not true. Rebecca, that is an essential point with basically everything we cover in rewilding is this recognition that there are so many cultural norms, cultural paradigms that are just cultural, are an artifact of our current civilization. And yet we as humans are very unable in general to notice when something is cultural and when something's intrinsic inside of mm. us. So. For the majority of us, we believe that the cultural paradigms are not just my reality, but are the reality. Wow, this is true. I'm thinking that in general, we have what our culture says. This is what this is. This is what that is. And then we grow up in that and it is just ingrained. We can't extricate ourselves from it. And we don't even see it as something separate. And then we identify ourselves with that. This is what it means to be a woman. This is what it means to be a man. And then I believe that I crystallize that idea. And then again, as I said, I am that person. Then I identify myself with that instead of, as you said, going individually into myself and asking myself, who do I want to be? What do I stand for? How do I want to live my life? I think we're really seeing this come to a head, as they say, in our culture right now with all of these gender identity issues that are coming up where there's there's just a lot of trying to find our footing you know we we're supposed to know what it is to be man or woman a boy a girl an elder but i'm not sure if any of us or few of us really do and we're searching we're exploring as a culture trying to figure out what does it mean is it relevant to call ourselves man or woman anymore. Are there even any differences? I mean, I could see once upon a time, perhaps when we were back in hunter-gatherer tribes and we needed people to sort of have clear lines about what people do so we could work together to survive. But nowadays, our culture just, it isn't built like that anymore. I remember a friend of mine, a guy, and him saying to me once, there is no girl on the planet that could take on a guy and you know it's very obvious now we can look and see that there are women mma fighters who could kick the butts of probably 95 percent of the men walking around yeah on earth and that that shows us that there's not clean lines gosh think of our friend xanthi oh yeah xanthi you rock oh my gosh so she was the first person that she's a, a martial arts instructor and a rugby player. And, Woo for rugby! <laughs> and she was the first person that would really get rough with me sparring. And I had 
sparred with some, you know, pretty intense people in the past, but they always wanted to spar in the dojo. And she was like, yeah, let's, let's take it out to the stream and we'll use the stream. We'll be able to hold each other under the water. We're going <laughs> to yeah. fight in the water. Let's get up in this fallen tree. Oh yeah, all the terrain fighting. And try to knock each Fabulous. other. Fabulous, because of course that's real life. Oh. How often are you just fighting on some soft mat someplace? No, no, wait, we can't fight yet because we've got to make sure our surroundings are perfectly level and <laughs> temperatures controlled. You remember? I mean, I would come back limping and bruised. Actually, I would remember you'd come back filthy dirty and get it all over the house, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> After every sparring session with her. You had so much fun and she's really an inspiration. I remember a story she told when she was going to the university she was walking back to her car nobody else was at the university it was late at night and there's her car only one in the parking lot and here's these what three three guys three guys around her car and i remember her when she told the story she said i just perked right up and i smiled at them and i pushed up my sleeves and i said hey there what can i help you with <laughs> she said they just took off running <laughs> see in my mind even though she does have physical strength. She really has rooted strength. She was very confident. She was very prepared. And she knew her limitations. She knew what she was capable of. And I think that, in some ways, is scarier than a person who, you know, she didn't say, oh, you guys get away from my car. She was, hey, what can I help you with? <laughs> Whoa, a little scary. But, okay, so I have a few, a few thoughts that are jostling around in my head. And the first one is that, Aside from anything anatomical, which we're really not talking about here, I can't think of any single trait that is only for men or only for women that I personally have ever only observed in one gender or another. I think the problem is that we all have traits that cross over between genders, and so that makes me think, why are we talking about man or woman? Why can't we just talk about being people like when we grow up, being the best person we could be? And okay. So so this is a huge topic, and I'm wondering if we should just narrow it down to kind of talking about just men right now, the art of manliness. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Because as you ask that question, to me, that's a really deep question. Are we moving and evolving as a species and a culture towards a place where the difference between man and woman becomes so blurry that it's not really important except for mating reasons anymore? And, you know, our, our technology might make that even irrelevant pretty soon. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, and I'm thinking of you and I. Many of our things that we do during the day might fall into the typical man-woman role. However, when you and I are together, when we function in our life, we don't really think, okay, I'm a girl, you're a boy, you should do that, I should do this. We do the things that we're each good at. So if it's the middle of the night and there's some strange sound or an intruder comes in, I'm going to pick you to go see because you've had years of martial arts experience. You've had tons of practice. And not only that, but you're very, very good at transforming and redirecting energy. And you've had a lot of practice at that. So I naturally would pick you. Yes, you're a man, but I'm not picking you because you're the man. I'm picking you because I feel like you're the most qualified. Particular <laughs> skill sets. Yeah. So in that way, I guess the question does come down to, how important is it to have this is what a man is, this is what a woman is, and yet I think it's important for us to know culturally who we want to be. And that to me, now it comes down to, especially if I'm thinking about the way we used to live and how we do now, we really 
have no rites of passage. I mean, getting your driver's license is not, that's cool, but it isn't fulfilling in a deep and personal sort of way. And we really Mm. don't have that in our culture that says, all right, you were a boy, now you're a man. And so while I don't think it's important that we necessarily separate gender, it I think it maybe is important that younger people realize when they've been initiated into a place where you are walking among adults and you are, where you're valued, what are your values? Yeah, if we think about that lack of rite of passages, then that's supposed to transition us from, let's say, boy to man in this instance. But without those rites of passage, and the definitions that go around those, I don't think we even know what that transition means or looks like. What does it mean to be a boy? What does it mean to be a man? When does that switch over? And and it feels to me as if when you ask that good question about can we just be people, it it brings up that we have less control, I think, over the the cultural evolution that's happening, the direction our culture as a whole is going in, mm-hmm. but we have much more control over our our personal identity and our the way that we perceive of ourselves. And so what we do have to acknowledge is that there are male-female ideals and mm-hmm. roles that most of us have grown up with, and those range from people that are bringing up boys with the ideal of, you know, the kind of stereotypical, be aggressive, don't cry. If someone says something mean to you, punch them in the face. (laughs) Two parents that have flipped that around and are teaching boys to be ultra, ultra passive. And, and so that, that confusion again, of what it means to be a man is is just so present and so confusing that it goes into us. Yeah. And so then as as a man, as me, I might be thinking to myself, I don't I don't really know mm-hmm. how people expect me to look and act and I don't know how I expect myself to yes. look and act. And then we see some really interesting cultural artifacts pop up when that happens and most of those artifacts are what we call surface strength sure manifestations i'm thinking of a gentleman we used to work with and he was very fond of saying i am just very non-emotional i know that most people are ruled by emotions but i am not and that was his self-image it was very strong and he was probably the most emotional person we've ever met. He had walls, so he had surface strength, which means that he puts up an image around himself where he looks non-emotional, but that image, that wall, tends to be very weak, and we'd see it fall down again and again, Mm -hmm. and he would get extremely upset. Yeah, it's interesting. I think men especially are called to be strong and brave, but what does that actually mean? And I feel to me personally, that question hasn't been answered well for anybody. And so there you have it. Again, you're left thinking, what does that mean? And so in our culture, a lot of times that means you're going to have this, to me, it's this huff and this puff and you're all got your feathers all fluffed out and 
you are not supposed to cry, you're supposed to be brave at all costs, etc. But as you've mentioned, you just said, we put up walls then, so we create this image of ourself which isn't actually true because inside we're extremely confused and we are praying, please nobody expose me. <laughs> please nobody let, you know, don't let anybody know that I'm actually afraid of this or that I actually have feelings. And that gets really confusing. And I think that's where we get a whole bunch of people reacting. So instead of acting, we're reacting. And boy, that just with so many people in our culture now, that leads to a lot of problems, a lot of violence, a lot of things that people just can't understand. Hmm. Maybe we should really define this surface strength okay. so that we can understand what that is. And I have an example from this morning where we were talking with a friend of ours. He's uh, a farm worker, you know, extremely physically strong, but, yeah. but, but a s- smaller guy. And, and we were talking about um, deer hunting and, and butchering a deer and and he said, oh, I just would never do that. I'm very squeamish. Mm-hmm. And that contrasted in my mind to a story my dad tells. My father was an ER physician. And he tells this story of this Harley biker guy coming into the ER. And he was wearing a leather jacket. And uh, this is probably 25 years ago, but just super tough looking. And if you'd put him next to our friend and ask them both, like, you know, are you squeamish? Well, our friend would say, yeah, I'm squeamish. And the Harley guy, what he did in the hospital that day when he was surrounded by the nurses and stuff, and my dad said, you're going to have any problems with with the shot? <laughs> well, pinprick? Yeah. <laughs> are you serious? Mm-hmm. And then my dad took him back into the room and to give him the shot, and he could not get the shot. The guy just... He was so scared and anxious and nervous that he kept pushing my dad's hand away. Mm. And my dad could not give him the shot because he just could not do it. He was too scared of that, quote, pinprick. And probably too big to restrain. (laughs) (laughs) So what we've got there is we've got one person who has super surface strength. So one person that has surface strength, that Harley guy. He looks really tough. And if I had him and our friend next to each other, we're going to say, oh, that Harley guy, hes he could probably handle 500 needles poked into him. Mm-hmm. And our friend admitted he's squeamish. Eh, probably not. But that strength that the guy in the leather jacket was displaying was just a wall. And these walls can be so weak that we put up around ourselves that we... We just kind of cower behind them and pray that they aren't pushed through. Mm -hmm. And if they are pushed through, that they're pushed through when there's as few people around as possible. Please nobody see this happen. Right. He could do that with my dad, but definitely not out there with the nurses. Oh, no, no. Definitely don't want a whole bunch of people witnessing that. Well, doesn't the Tao Te Ching say something like true power seems weak? True power seems weak. Yeah, and I feel that I've noticed this in myself too. If you deny your weaknesses, if you don't have awareness of them or you choose to ignore them, and I'm not saying we should go out there and be like, well, I'm scared of this, I'm scared of this, I'm scared of this. I'm just saying if you don't have that self-awareness and you build up that wall, that wall is not going to really protect you, but it is going to prevent you from actually 
facing things that might be scary to you. Because those walls act as a blinder to ourselves. Yes, yes. And so to me, a person who is, has that rooted strength, and it's the same with bravery, they are vulnerable in a, in a way. They say, here is my vulnerability. Here is where I am weak. But that gives them, in a strange way, a whole bunch of strength and power because they know. And as soon as you know, then you have the ability to change. And mm. you're that much closer. If you're scared of spiders, but you're like, oh, I'm not scared of spiders. We would see that when we would do snake presentations. Oh, yeah. I know there were a lot of people who were... I'm really scared of snakes, but I'm going to try to touch its tail. Okay, so that was one thing. And then you'd have to be like, ah, I don't need to hold that snake. I mean, this is a snake. And then you'd say, well, no, I mean, everybody else has held it. You want, no, no, I'm really fine with it. I don't really need to. This sort of, you could just tell, I mean. With the tension in their bodies. Yeah, and, yeah. how <laughs> strongly they did not want to hold the snake. And it was time to be done asking them if they wanted to. So there's this interesting way of when you allow yourself to be vulnerable and to say or admit this is where I am uncertain Ah. you can then it's like having open hands all of a sudden that you are able to let something happen so if you're scared of spiders and you're not pushing that away you can say to people look I'm, I'm kind of uncomfortable with that but slowly over time I've seen this happen a number of times with people especially our girls there becomes a curiosity and then we can start observing and then maybe one day we find a teeny teeny tiny spider and we can let that crawl on our hands and we go oh well that wasn't so bad and we eventually can begin that process of exploring and shifting whatever it is that we feel vulnerable to okay i see exactly what you're saying so that person that was sobbing reaching out crying because they're so frightened and touching the tail of the snake mm-hmm has more rooted strength mm-hmm. than that person who's like, yeah, no problem. I, I, I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that rooted strength is being willing to confront our fears, being mm-hmm. willing to look within and find where we're weak and not hide from that. Exactly. I have to say I've experienced a few times where I've been very shy or nervous about something but don't want to say it and I'll be in company with other people and some other person will come out and say the exact thing I wish I could say. Oh, I can't do that because that just is, I'm too nervous about that. And I'm thinking, oh, I wanted to say that and I, they are such a hero to me in a mm. way because they were strong enough to say that and I just have to say that I think that's something little that happens on day-to-day basis of us not acknowledging a place where we're uncomfortable and saying yes to something that perhaps we need to be upfront about, especially if we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. So that's a completely different angle of that not wanting to rock the boat, to look opposite (laughs) of how we think we should look. Now, that's a, a totally different podcast episode. But I have great respect for people who can express their vulnerability. To me, they seem very strong. This is something that I got to really experience out with the forest monks a lot. And it would be fun to watch, especially with cold challenges. So there were some winter challenges we do mm-hmm. that I never put up on YouTube. And one, for instance, is basically you strip down to your underwear and then you try to 
start a fire. And this is when it's quite cold out. And the cold has a way of overcoming any of our, our surface strength. Mm-hmm. And so I would get to see a lot of people break down into tears, break down into frustration, throw things. Mm. They come up against that wall of your surface strength. It gets tumbled down. And then Mm -hmm. in those moments, we have a chance to find our rooted strength, to find that thing inside of us that has to say, look, Mm -hmm. I'm cold. Mm -hmm. Look, my hands don't really work. (laughs) And, And sometimes to say, hey, could you give me some advice? Because I'm not quite sure what to do here. My mind isn't thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. Even that, admitting a weakness, that is a strength. Wow, this is really cool. Because it's showing that, well, exactly what the Tao Te Ching said. True power looks weak. Yeah, but it, it really truly isn't. It's this self-awareness. I think if I had a wish for our culture, it would be that we could redefine what it means not just to be a man or to be a woman, not just what it means to be strong or brave, but what does it mean to be a human being, to be a person? And could we each choose for ourselves our our best path? Could we say what we really want as human beings is to have that rooted strength. What we really want is to go ahead and do something anyway, even if we're scared because that's what real bravery is. Could we be compassionate? Could we cultivate kindness and tenderness and gentleness? Could we cultivate self-awareness, emotional resilience, a mindfulness, so that if we do run into a situation that requires us to be strong and brave, we understand it. I'm thinking of if there was some situation, it's like the person who is able to recognize their strengths and weaknesses, recognize the strengths and weaknesses of others, can make decisions about how to not even get into an altercation. They can transform Mm. another person's energy. They can shift the conversation so that a fight never even has to happen. And I remember that you talking about that with martial arts. I don't know if that's Aikido or some one of the martial arts has this principle that the first thing you try to do if you get into a situation where there might be, let's say, some violence or something is you talk. You see if you can actually shift the situation so that nothing physical ever needs to happen. That, in my mind, is is true strength, is true power. And then the second thing is if it does come to a call to action that you need to do something, you're going to make a wise choice. If you have just your surface strength, you're going to need to prove yourself. You're going to need to make sure those walls don't come down and you're not exposed. And so you're going to make decisions that probably are not necessarily the best for you or the other people involved. So I wish as a culture, we could just redefine what it means to be a person. So the thing that's interesting and a little bit odd to me and this is putting aside that rooted strength is not just a male thing. Rooted strength is for everybody. But as I start to develop rooted strength, I'm probably going to naturally start to cultivate a lot of the, <laughs> the traits that, how do I say this, the surface strength person is trying to put on. Mm-hmm. Those will be my real strengths. Because I'm looking at where I'm weak, I might look and say, wow, well, 
my body is pretty weak and it probably could benefit from some exercise or strength mm-hmm. training. And I might look and say, wow, I'm, I'm really squeamish. I wonder if I could, you know, build that up again. Because mm-hmm. I'm looking at those things, I start to see where I can grow and evolve. And as I do that, I'm probably mm-hmm. going to end up becoming a lot, quote, stronger in the traditional sense (laughs) right so in that weird way by not just pretending you actually dig deep and you become those qualities that people think of when they think of someone being brave and being strong and being powerful except that you're really really wearing those and and i think then we also develop uh, a humility and we're able to look at and be inspired by others. And so you, when you get in an emergency situation, mm. you're, what was that pilot in, in that movie with, it was Tom Cruise, I think, was the, he was the Iceman. And he just Top was, Gun. Yeah, in Top Gun. And, and this guy was just, they called him Iceman or something. Mm-hmm. And just totally calm. Hey, was cool. that Val Kilmer? It was Val Kilmer, oh, yeah. Sweet, I love Val Kilmer. <laughs> and... Yeah, he, he it was in some fun roles, wasn't he? So funny. <laughs> Wait, are you saying I'm like the Iceman? <laughs> when when an emergency <laughs> happens, when sure. something is really extreme, boom, you just go icy, you act, you're super calm, you look at the situation with awesome situational awareness, and you do what's appropriate. And that, for years and years, has been an inspiration for me as a martial artist to be, okay, when things get really tough, really hot, that's the time to really be inspired by your way of being in that hot situation and being cool and stopping and breathing, not being in a rush and looking at it and dealing with it in the most effective way possible. So I couldn't do that if I was stuck in the surface strength of looking at you and going, like, well, first of all, I can judge you to be a woman and... (laughs) And then I can just not even see your strengths because mm-hmm. they impose upon mine. Because that's a place that you've always been stronger than me traditionally. And I've had to work up to trying to kind of be there with you yeah. so that I'm not the panicked one in a situation <laughs> while you're super calm. I Well, thank you. Thank you for the compliment. I, I think you brought up something really interesting, which is that when we are around people who have that surface strength, well, I'm sure you've probably seen at parties or things, those of you out there that are listening, you you kind of can sense when somebody is not actually what they say they are. Like, oh, I'm not afraid of that. or oh, And you can just see, oh boy. And then as conversation goes on, you notice things, but you see this person has such a weak structure around them that you don't want to be the person that points something out and exposes them. And I think it's just important to remember that people who are building those surface strengths they are scared they are vulnerable so if somebody comes up to you huffing and puffing and i'm also big and brave and have my chest all puffed out remember that they have something that they're scared of or something that they don't want people to see and so it's important as we interact with people that we have compassion and that we realize that there's something else going on and that, that it isn't necessarily a call for us to amp up our own surface mm-hmm. strength, but to really dig down into our roots and, and realize kind of the truth of the situation. Wow. Well, we should hit some 
Action points, All right, eh? yes, it's time for you to unleash your life. Right on. Okay, this first one is a pretty powerful exercise. Ooh, action point number one, the shame list. The shame list. And this is a an exercise you can do that gets you in touch with your weaknesses. And here's what you do. Yeah, tell me about this because I don't like the way it sounds. <laughs> is you get yourself a sheet of paper and a pen or a pencil. You sit down someplace private and you start writing. And you write down everything in your life that you can think of that you're really ashamed of. These are the secrets you're hiding from people. It might be a habit that you're hiding from others. It might be things you've done in the past. It can be stuff you're scared of. Yeah. Okay. Stuff you're scared of that you put up a wall to try to hide because you don't want anybody to know that you're frightened of this. Mm. And you make this list and it's very cathartic, cathartic, cathartic. I don't know. Catheter. Don't say catheter. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> okay. So Cathartic. Is, it, is there a cut in there? Cathartic or cathartic? I don't know. Why? This doesn't matter. We got to get more edumacated. <laughs> you're human. You're strong. Why do you need to be educated? Right. <gasps> Look, Look at, at that. Biceps. There was a whole judgment right there. <laughs> if you're strong, you can't be smart. Right, right. Man, there are so many cultural ideas out there that are just ingrained. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, this list, it's very powerful to write it down. And then what happens? And then you can take it to a fire and you can burn it. But before you put it into that fire, you want to look at this. You want to look at all the items there and realize that you have just put down your weaknesses. These are the places that if you were immersed in surface strength, you would be hiding from yourself all of these things. And here you've put them out, you've brought them into the light. And you say to yourself, this or these, this does not define me. It's like Moana. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Yeah. I mean, there in the end, that was... So powerful. The, the ultimate strength. And she didn't kick the bad guy down. She didn't slash, you know. She... No, it was beautiful. Yeah. Just amazing. This does not define me. It's this... really important to realize that we don't have to hold on to things that we don't want to. It doesn't mean we can't learn from them, but we don't have to let them haunt us. And it's okay to be scared of things because when we admit our fear, then we allow ourselves to move forward. And this shame list, you can make it an annual thing. You could do it on your birthday or some other anniversary type of thing. And if you continue on a path of self-evolution, you will find that every year that shame list gets smaller and smaller. And someday you will sit down with that pen and paper and there will be nothing to write down. And it won't be because you're hiding from yourself mm. or you're trying to hide from anybody else. It's because you have either released those things mm -hmm. and you're not hiding them anymore inside of your heart or you've admitted them to other people, whatever it is. Or you've you transformed them. have transformed them, yeah. And they're no longer sitting inside of you and shaping who you are. And that is a really powerful day when you have a blank sheet of paper that you put in the fire. Wow, would you still put it in the fire? Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's a good piece of paper. Why don't you use it for something else? There's a, there's a powerful ritual to that, I think, in, in just saying like, here, 
this is my new essence going out into mm, the world. Okay, got it. <laughs> but you could conserve the trees and use it for grocery lists too. <laughs> Maybe writing a love letter or something like Ooh, that. Ooh, I like that. Okay, action point number two, expose yourself. You mentioned this back in here when you were talking about when you're around people that can admit their weaknesses, oh, it's yeah. inspiring to you. It is super inspiring. I grew up very perfectionistic oriented and I had a lot of self-esteem issues and I wanted to always look right and be right and I never wanted anybody to be upset with me or to be the person that anybody looked at as the odd person out. And so a lot of times I would say yes to things that didn't really agree with me or I wouldn't say anything and that is not a good feeling. And so I think what I really learned from people around me that I thought of and saw as strong and brave were the people who would come out and say, no, I don't think that we should tease that person. That isn't a nice thing to do. Mm. Even if the rest of the friends were popular and everyone was going to judge that person, I was like, wow, that person is amazing. So you can be a hero or heroine to someone too by stepping forward and saying, I don't feel comfortable with that. Or yeah, I am squeamish or whatever it might be. Hey, I have a fear of wasps. I'm really working on it, but I'm afraid of them. And that is not only a showing yourself, wow, I'm strong because I can admit this and now I know what I need to work on, but two, you are going to be so inspiring to someone else out there who's going to say, hey, if they can say that, I can too. Wow, beautiful. Number three, create rites of passage for yourself, big or small. I used to do this, I tried to do one thing a year that really, really challenged me. My naked winter adventure was one of those. Some of them I've shared on YouTube, but more and more now they've become kind of family things. And I actually think of our Hawaii adventure mm. as a huge rite of passage. That was a very big rite of passage. Yeah. I mean, us and the girls gave up so much that was precious to us. We ventured off into the unknown and we grew enormously. Yeah. But these rites of passage, these things that challenge the things you're afraid of, it doesn't have to be as big as moving to a strange <laughs> land. No, it could be letting that spider crawl across your hand or it could be telling somebody that you love, you know what? I know that you always like me to come over on Thursday afternoon and organize your sock drawer, but today I'm actually going to take that time for myself and do something really important to me. I mean, that's a place where you have to be brave sometimes too. And there's just all sorts of countless ways that you can encounter what it is that you're nervous about. And if you're squeamish, it's like you don't have to start by doing anything extreme. You could simply say, hey, what if at some point I was going to need to administer a life-giving shot to someone I love? I'm just going to go on YouTube and I'm going to watch a picture. I'm going to watch a video of somebody just getting a shot in their arm. And you could start there. Yeah, that's, that's the essence of it, is looking at your life, seeing some places that you're weak. You've got your shame list in your mind, so you have plenty to choose from. And then sculpting a big or small rite of passage that will challenge that and bring you into a new level of self-evolution. 
it's pretty awesome. I just have to say a lot of times you can grow from this because maybe you've always wanted to be in the theater, but you're too shy. So it's like one of those things, I'm going to do this rite of passage where I go and I have a small part and I'm on stage for two seconds, but you get to be a part of a fun group of something going on. And before you know it, you will have shifted and changed and you might be having a bigger role. Who knows? So it's, this wonderful thing that seems like it can be small, but it can really impact your life in a huge, huge way. Which brings me to action point number four, which is create a rooted strength tribe. Nice. Yeah. As I was saying with the theater, as you start to choose different things to expose yourself to, you're going to meet people who are involved with that. And so you're going to get input from people around you who are going to support you. But I think it's really important that no matter what you're doing, whether you're trying something new or you're just staying steady in your life, that you have people that you know you can go to whom you can say, hey, I'm scared about this, or hey, I'm working on this, this is where I'm vulnerable, or this is what I I need to talk about and work through. Because if you're constantly surrounded by people who have surface strength and only surface strength, and you want to work on your rooted strength, it will probably be a bigger challenge if you don't have a tribe around you that's also working on the same thing. So maybe He-Man was just the essence of rooted strength. He was so rooted in strength, he had developed his biceps and and but he never had to, you know, he never punched anybody or That's true. Yeah. I suppose he could be. I still I'm not sure if I'm going to advocate for him being the emblem of Rooted strength, I don't know. Well, that's know. not what I'm asking. What are you asking? I'm asking if I can wear this outfit. No, you cannot wear the outfit. Oh, my God. Oh, come on. No, and next gonna you're going to say, I've got a she outfit for you, Rebecca. Hey, that's a great <laughs> idea. Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> I have to say one more thing to everybody out there who is listening. I really would love for you to write in some comments on our webpage or send us an email and just share with us what you've learned about the art of manliness or womanliness or personliness and some of your thoughts on this, things that have helped you out because that's how we all grow. I learn so much from hearing about all your experiences and I just would love to hear. Love to you all. Thank you for listening and being here with us and we will talk with you soon. Yeah, I can hold your sword and slice some pumpkins or something. This is G-rated. No, I saw your eyes on that. Shame on you. What I meant is, let's go get the sword and swing it around a little bit. (laughs) All right. Oh, come on.